Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. The We Can't Wrestle podcast. The King listens to it. WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler, and you better listen to it too. My friend Nate and the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. The brothers Maxson are here with you. Nate Maxson, your host here, along with my brother Aaron. The OG. Hey, hey, hey. The OGs of the We Can't Wrestle podcast here. This week's show, you don't need nobody else. We're going back. We're going way back. We're going back to December 13th of 1988. Chicago, Illinois, the UIC Pavilion with a not sold out crowd of 1,672 people. We're talking about a well, I guess it's not AWA technically. It's AWA. Get into that. World Class Championship Wrestling and the CWF, powerful, the powerful women of wrestling. It's CWF, TWA. There's a lot of shit going on. Yes, there is. There is a lot going on. Um, and to and how how many people were there? One thousand six hundred and seventy-two in AWA's territory in Chicago. That's crazy. This is the death. <laughs> You're watching the death of the AWA here. This is before the champion or the uh, team challenge thing or the weird, um, the weird entrance thing that they were doing. I mean, do you want me to put my in notes in front of my front notes? <laughs> <laughs> um, the show, essentially, what these shows were was to combat the WWF at the time and the NWA slash WCW, the Crockett promotions. These other promotions like the AWA and, and world class and us, well, it wasn't USWA. Like Aaron said, it was CWA um, at the time out of Memphis. We're doing joint cards to try to combat the other two powerhouse promotions in wrestling. And supposedly, Supposedly, because I don't want to defame anybody's character. Um, with this show, Vern didn't pay the talent their ingre- their agreements or anything at all. And this signified the downfall of the AWA. Yeah. he uh, Because like, of the... 
Oh, like, go ahead. Like, I was just saying, like, he took care of the people that were AWA people on this show. And there's only three matches, really, that are AWA shows. And... Like I said, I was like, hey, do you want me to put my back notes in front of my front notes? There's three matches that are AWA matches, and I'll let you pick them out, but Vern apparently didn't take care of the fucking people on this show. He he didn't pay Jerry Lawler. Yeah, he didn't pay Jerry. (laughs) He was the fucking champ. (laughs) Like, how do you, like, you know, Jerry, he just, I can't pay you today. I'm sorry, I'm strapped. Hogan left me five years ago and I've been strapped ever since. <laughs> Friggin' Ganya. Uh but anyway, that's it. That's the that's the background, that's the story on why this these events took place for those of you that are not uh not familiar with the concept of the super clash and, and being honest, um we didn't I remember I remember when we were growing up seeing the showboat things on ESPN or whatever but we didn't get much AWA in our area we didn't have the we, we grew up in Ohio we didn't have the big story you know of the AWA so the AWA until I started in my uh early 20s watching old stuff that I'd never seen before back to territories and stuff like that I didn't know jack squat about the AWA, you know, like as a kid, boring. Yeah. It was was boring and inconsequential. (laughs) And and that's where we came into seeing the AWA. I'm sure there are people that were, you know, I I know Wade Keller from the torch talks about the AWA fondly because that's where he grew up. You know, that was the territory he watched. That was, you know, those, the people that grew up there, that's what they love. That's what they grew up with. They know the stories, but what we know is this super clash three. We start off with, uh, Lee Marshall. We actually start off with technical difficulties. Right? <laughs> True. Like me, me, Marshall, <laughs> me, me, Marshall. <laughs> I misspoke that, 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 Technical difficulties right at the beginning of this. <laughs> Lee Marshall tries to say we're at the U, the UCI Pavilion or whatever. He's like, we're at the <laughs> like. Well, this is gonna start off great. Yeah, we're starting off with a bang. Here, it's Lee Marshall and our old friend Larry Nelson. Larry Nelson. <laughs> He's fantastic. Larry Nelson. Larry Nelson. I have a lot of notes about Monsieur Nelson. On the, do you ever, have you ever watched any of those AWA shows that are on the network where he's just hosting in that little studio and being corny and goofy with his staff and his off screen? Oh, you should watch it. Like it, the, the skip the in ring. If you have to skip the in ring, but just watch those shows to watch. It's like the, the last AWA stuff. Like, the last decent AWA stuff, like when the Midnight Rockers and stuff were in there, but the shows that he hosts, it, he's got like this crazy, it's almost like, um, like a morning zoo. Yeah. Like Larry Marshall's aid, Larry, Larry Marshall, <laughs> me, Larshall, Larry Marshall, whatever. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Larry Nelson's AWA morning zoo. It's actually kind of fun to watch, but anyway, 
those are our hosts, and they're talking, and then boop, this thing just jumps to the to the the opening six man. There's no like it's like they it's like part of the video broke or something. But and your opening six man is the Guerreros, Hector Chavo Mondo Guerrero yes, versus yes. the Rock and Roll RPMs and Cactus Jack. I got a question, mm-hmm. and I really honestly have a question. What is a rock and roll RPM? Rock and roll revolutions per minute. Um, oh, so it's a fucking record. Uh-huh. I didn't know. I was like, what the fuck is a rock and roll RPM? <laughs> Re- regardless, it is a, I mean, you know. And Cactus Jack, Cactus Jack should have been in this match. Because, because he should have not been in it. <laughs> it was too good for it. <laughs> Even then, but I really did like that. Was really a question on my list was what is an RPM? And the the reason he was probably in the match was because this match is obviously little pre, pre, presented to us from the Texas part of this promotion, and uh, you know, with the Guerreros and Cactus was working Texas then, and. Um, this match wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible, and I didn't—I didn't say it was terrible. I just don't understand why Cactus Jack was in it. <laughs> and this—you know—it's not that the show shows you any context. You know, there was no video on why we've why we've come to this match or what the purpose is. Um, rock and roll RPMs. I'm not a big fan. I hate to say it. I'm not. A, I even. Even GWF, I was never a big fan of Mike Davis. Just not a fan of Mike Davis. I know there's a lot of people that, that dig him, you know, that, but not a big fan of him. I don't even know who the fuck, I don't even know the story on Tommy Lane. Rock and Roll RPMs to me were another one of those back then being it, the Rock and Roll, it was a Rock and Roll Express knockoff, you know? And I mean, to be perfectly honest, so were the Rockers, but the Rockers were good. And um, these guys sucked. Yeah, and, and and why was Mike Enos the ref in a lot of these matches? Was yeah, he wrestling like, yet? Like I don't even think him. I don't even think him and Bloom were together yet when this happened. Well, he must have been wrestling because Wayne Bloom wrestles later. We're going to talk about that. But like, why is Mike Enos the ref? Mike Enos is bigger than everybody <laughs> in the match. True. <laughs> Like, why make your ref bigger than everybody? Let me see here. I guess he started as a referee. I'm just sorry. I'm going to Wikipedia, but it says uh, Enos started wrestling in the late 80s after being trained by Eddie Sharkey. His signing with the AWA was due to trainer Sharkey's connections. Early on, Enos worked mainly as a referee, but slowly got more and more bookings as a wrestler. So apparently he started as the referee. This isn't some kind of a wrestler refereeing thing. Well, it's still stupid. <laughs> You're right. The referee is bigger than everybody else in the match. The referee's supposed to be smaller so he can take a bump and fall down. <laughs> I, I just picture uh, at this time watching anything AWA. I picture Vern Gagne going, it's good shit, pal. Because <laughs> Vince has essentially become Vern Gagne. But that's a whole nother, a whole nother topic. Um the Guerreros win this match. 
I mean, for an opening six man, not a bad match. And, and the baby faces usually go over in an opening, you know, six man trying to get the crowd off this huge crowd off their off their asses. Yeah, these uh, 800 people stand up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I'm never going to hate anything the Guerreros are in. I like the Guerreros. Well, I agree. And, and I'm not knocking the match. And it was a good match, but I don't understand why Cactus Jack is in it. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand why fucking Mike Enos is the ref. It's bigger than everybody. Everybody. <laughs> so up next, we have Larry Nelson, who he gets to spend this ent- the entire first half of this pay-per-view perving on women because there's going oh, to be... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I put this. Larry Nelson interviews Nia. Who is otherwise otherwise known as Ivory, and then I put Nelson surprisingly isn't a pervert in this interview. (laughs) Well, they're talking about the fact that coming up, there's going to be a lingerie battle royal. Beverly Hills over the top. Oh, sorry, sorry. Battle royal. Presented by the powerful women of wrestling. How? Yeah, the funny thing about the powerful women of wrestling that I, I noticed, one thing that I noted is that's the name of the promotion, powerful women of wrestling. But when they make their um, acronym, they actually switch the W, one of the W's and the O. They're just like, fuck it. Because really, their promotion should be called PWOW, but they change it for their acronym to P-O-W-W. They're just like, fuck it. We're going to do what we want to (laughs) do. You're thinking way too hard about this. (laughs) True. Now we get to a match involving actually a guy that back in the day, I was a big fan of Aaron and I. Yes. Aaron and I got to see that's one promotion we did get to see in Ohio because of its featured being featured on ESPN every single day. Um, Monday through Friday was the Global Wrestling Federation, and one of the highlights to me of GWF was Eric Embry. I like Eric Embry. I, I feel like like, Eric. like I, I I understand. I kind of I guess I kind of understand why he never got a run in a big promotion because he just kind of looks like a guy, you know. But he was a great. He, I think he was a really great worker. Yeah, Chicago liked Eric Embry too. Like they cheered hardcore for him. What was stupid about this was the commentators said, hey, we're going to go up and see the WCCW light heavyweight championship match. And then Gary Michael Capetta was like, it's the WCWA light title match. (laughs) And they just bounced back and forth with it. Mm -hmm. They had no idea what they were talking about. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? This fucking belt has no credibility because guess who was a WCCW light heavyweight champion? Who? Cactus Jack. <laughs> Cactus Jack. I knew where you were going. I just wanted you to be able to, to hit your punchline. <laughs> yes, Cactus that Jack. That motherfucker was the light heavyweight champion. So this belt has no credibility. So it doesn't fucking matter what you call it. And by the time the show was done, I was like, I was watching that yesterday. (laughs) 
But my question about the match, um, or it, probably about maybe I don't know two or three minutes into the match, Jarrett's arm gets hurt, and what I wanted, what I was wondering about this match is, was your observation? Did it look like he got hurt for real and they went home early? Because it seemed like after that happened, and I don't know if it was just him selling well and Embry selling the fact that he was injured well or what, but. It seemed like they worked the match a little differently afterward, and it seemed it seemed like it got kind of rushed. Yeah, um, and they had, um, they had a shitty little roll up at the end. It, I didn't really see I didn't really see the injury, but i I could see why you're probably right because the match was rushed and they didn't really do anything in it. Like the match had nothing. Like the match was nothing. Yeah. Um, and Chicago hated Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> and at this time, I don't blame them. I mean, I think I hated Jeff Jarrett when <laughs> at this point. I mean, you know, I'll be honest. The the uh, it, we we use we use the reviewing these pay per views and these TV shows and stuff as a springboard to have other conversations. Jeff Jarrett is, I think a debate we could have on this show um, about was he was Jeff Jarrett as good as his resume would dictate. And the reason I say that is I always found him to be a marginal, a marginal wrestler. I think he was a good heel promo when he was being a cocky heel, he was a good heel promo. I guess I kind of group him like I do with, with Douglas, with Shane Douglas a lot of the time. I wasn't a huge fan of Shane Douglas as a wrestler, liked him as a promo. Jarrett was marginal as a wrestler. Is Does he have the resume he has? Because in most places that he ran, the booker was his either his father, or it was Vince Rousseau, his best buddy, or it was him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. other than other than working in the WWF, everywhere he went, he had some kind of political clout to put him where he was. So that's my question, and I know I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but what do you think? Do you think his resume is a reflection of his talent, or just a reflection of how he was in the right place at the right time all the time, and 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 had had the ear of power, or was the power? I think that. Jeff Jarrett is I shouldn't say is because he's retired now, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff Jarrett was a very talented performer and um, he, he's almost like a Forrest Gump <laughs> right place, right time, all the time. Yeah, right place, right time, all the time, and and he and he made the best of it, mm-hmm. and and he like Jeff Jarrett entertains me, right? You know what I mean? Like, sure, he might have not been the greatest performer in the world, but when he was with Owen mm-hmm. in the Attitude Era with Deborah. Motherfucker entertained me, and oh, then and when I, 
and there were times when he was in, like when he went, when he wound up in WCW with Biz Rousseau. Fucking entertain me. I'm a Jeff Jarrett fan. I like the guy, but I'm not going to say that he's a tremendous performer. Mm-hmm. Does that make I, sense? Like, yeah. Like I said, I really like him on the stick. I thought that he was a good, a good um, heel as far as the mic went. I think that he was, he was to me as a worker, like in the ring, almost basic. And later in his career, that dude made the walk and brawl his yeah. his bitch. You know, like he he just he was like that shit worked in the Attitude Era. I'm gonna do this for ten more years. Like Jeff <laughs> Jeff Jarrett has never not entertained me. Mm-hmm. But I could understand where somebody would say he's not like a top ten performer. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. All right, I got I got us off track, but then we have an interview with Eric Embry on the outside. Um, apparently, this was a babyface babyface match because he's being yeah, it was a shitty, pointless promo. It sucked. <laughs> it seems like they wanted to interview. They, they wanted to get an interview in with everybody that wrestled on the show. Like everybody gets an interview. Everybody gets an interview in this show. This Eric Embry promo sucked, and it didn't show what he could do. Up next. Now we get to Pervy. Now we get to Pervy Larry Nelson as he is interviewing the terrorist <laughs> who was apparently from uh, from the POW, from the, yeah, um, that lady. But uh, she, tell, she tells Larry to get his creepy ass back in this interview. Like, you better back up off me, creep. She doesn't say that, but. Yeah, but she apparently, um, Destroyed Brandy May's cutoffs, which is what started this whole how Beverly Hills lingerie battle royal. And she has a fucking worse accent than Lana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, I am terrorist. I am terrorist. <laughs> Man. And then Larry Nelson is disoriented and confused. (laughs) And I'm sure it's not the first or last time you felt that way. On this night. (laughs) Or in his entire life. (laughs) So after that um, debacle, now we get another debacle. I know you were excited to see... God damn it. (laughs) ...some boogie-woogie man Jimmy Valiant show up on this pay-per-view. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, he lays waste to one Wayne Bloom, kind of a waste of Wayne Bloom's talent on this show. This match is a bigger travesty than the Ultimate Warrior versus Hunter Hersomi at WrestleMania 12. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree. <laughs> this This is worse than that. Wayne Bloom deserved better. He deserved better, but he got boogie woogie. Um, I think. Let me That's see right. here. Let me look at my computer here. He's a piece of shit. This match went twenty four seconds, ladies and gentlemen. Twenty four seconds. It went twenty three uh, more than it should have. Yes. Um, it wasn't good. I know Aaron will say nothing. 
the chip, the boogie woogie man did ever was good. But uh, piece of shit. I totally meant Bru- Brutus Beefcake there. Did you notice that? I said, the Aaron would say, the Boogie Woogie Man, nothing he did ever was good. <laughs> yeah. and I was just about to say, the only thing worse than the Boogie Woogie Man is Brutus Beefcake. Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> what do that could? What could that do to a normal man? Fuck so, sucks. The, the Boogie less, Woogie Man is garbage. The less said about this match, the better. The next one ain't too much better. I have never been a fan. I don't know why. Just I, I can't even put, put. I can't put my finger on why. You skipped something. Uh, did I? Yeah. Oh, the you interview skipped, with Bambi. You skipped Larry Nelson interviewing Bambi and um, David McLean. McLean and. Larry Nelson interviews him, and then he goes, hey, Bambi, why do you want to win this? And then Bambi goes to speak her mind, and he's just like, shut up, we're out of time. <laughs> you got to go to the ring. And he's like, oh, sorry, we're out of time. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and now we get to another title match, and like I was going to say, I cannot put my finger on it, but I have never, ever been a fan of Iceman King Parsons. He's like those he's are like, my, that's in my notes, man. He, no to, lie. To me, Iceman King Parsons, it's like this guy just watched some videos of Junkyard Dog and Coco Beware and threw that together as a gimmick and couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Never a fan. Never a fan. Um, I don't hate yeah. Brick. I never hated Brickhouse Brown. Brickhouse Brown's all right, you know. He's do you want to know what I put? No, do you want to know what I put in my notes? What I said, Brick Brickhouse Brown has a pretty good build. He looks like an athlete. Um, Iceman King Parsons. I was never a fan, and he looks like a cheaper version of Pez Watley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. And if you're a cheaper version of Pez Watley, go sell water bets. <laughs> now, do you like Pez? Not the I kids. love Pez Watley. Me too. I I love I like Pez Watley is honestly, and we Aaron and I, those of, you that have, Watley. those of you that have listened to the show know that Aaron doesn't mind Paul Jones. I despise Paul Jones. Love me some Paul Jones. I just, me, everybody knows I despise Paul Jones and his stupid army. But the only thing, the only thing about the the only what am I going to say? <clears throat> the only time the Paul Jones deal was ever over with me was because of Pez Watley. I like Shaska Watley in the top the top hat, and he's got Jimmy Valiant's hair, and that's the only time that that. Fucking Paul Jones, Jimmy Valiant feud that goes on for sixteen years. I know he was, and that's fine. That doesn't mean I have to like. That doesn't mean I have to dislike Barbarian to dislike the fact that Barbarian was in Paul Jones' army. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now I will say this about um, fucking King Parsons in the in the middle of this fucking match. He hits a 
goddamn wicked fucking snap suplex on Brickhouse Brown. He is that shit, and Brown fucking hits the mat, and he's just fucking out for a couple of seconds. <laughs> you know, what like when he hits that suit, when he hits that snap suplex, Brown is down. And he's just like, like he's dead fish for like five fucking seconds. My thing about Brickhouse Brown, I, I look at him like, and it's not the same. It's not like this exactly same the same gimmick or the same cadence or anything, but I look at him like I look at Tony Atlas. He has a good look. And nothing he does in the ring is offensive. But I'm not going to be like, damn, I just want to watch some Brickhouse Brown tonight. <laughs> you know, like if he's yeah. on the show, if he's on the show, it's cool. I mean, I'm cool with him. I, he's all right. But I'm not going to seek out Brickhouse Brown matches. Yeah, just just don't look at him like Jim Barnett did. <laughs> oh, my You're good. And, and at the end of this match, which King Parsons wins... Because he isn't with any any legal object out of the pinfall, and it's fu- mm. this match is fucking boring. But it's super weird because they're doing like this quiet um, time between the end of this match before they set up the next match. There's like a lot of crowd noise, and I'm not gonna say what I heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The Chicago crowd yells some racist shit. <laughs> yes, they do. But the WWF or the WWE Network doesn't edit it out. Doesn't edit it. And we're going to get to a thing later on where I know they edited it. And I don't understand why they did I don't. I don't understand why they edited, didn't edit what I'm going to talk about later. Or they did edit what I'm going to talk about later and what, why they didn't edit this now. Because you're right. They... Definitely should have taken some time. <laughs> Pay attention because I don't think they people were saying some racist shit. I don't think they care about the AWA shows though, because uh, what was that last AWA show we watched for the show? Oh, God, it was a long time ago. Um, I but no anyway, idea. I, I remember that one. During that one, when um, oh fuck. One of the heels was coming to the ring. WWE didn't edit out. Some guy was like, you suck my dick. <laughs> he kept saying it. Suck my dick. <laughs> like, he just kept yelling it for, like, the whole time the guy was, like, walking around the ring or whatever. It's like, wow. <laughs> uh, those AWA crowds, buddy. Yeah, fucking <laughs> Pat Patterson needs to settle down. <laughs> All right. So, oh, hold uh, on, hold on. I have one more note. Okay. When they interviewed King Parsons after the match, he said, of course, Brickhouse Brown didn't beat me because he's a Rudy Poop. A <laughs> Rudy Poop? <laughs> got him, he got him a Rudy Poop. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to decide on the name for this show. Whether it's going to be me, Larshall, or Rudy Poop. <laughs> uh, it makes me think of Tony Atlas. I, I think this, the Poop. name of this show should be called... Um, what I said, fucking Lee Marshall. Or not Lee Marshall, Larry Nelson was. <laughs> what was it? I don't remember. Give me a second. Coked out of his mind. 
No. The, the name of the show should just be Disoriented and Confused. <laughs> Rudy Poop. Nincom Poop. Rudy Poop. Nincom Poop. Crazy Loon. Larry Nelson then interviews Brandy May. And who, who no longer has her jean shorts because fucking <clears throat> what terrorist terrorist ripped them up and and Pocahontas she's over there <laughs> Pocahontas um I don't know do you got anything about this interview because I just kind of sat there going oh god this is awful it's awful yeah, it was just it was just Nelson waiting for a tuggy and nobody gave it to him. <laughs> All right. So up next, we have a, a <laughs> the funny thing is, look, listen, <laughs> this is the, this is funny to me. You sound like Larry Nelson right now. <laughs> listen, look, listen, look, listen. <laughs> I'm going to be like Larry Zabisco. Look it. <laughs> look it. <laughs> I wrote down, we get a promo here in the ring from a young DDP. And then I scratched out young because he was probably like 36 at this point. <laughs> I put in here that um, DDP's out and he is young here, but he's always been terrible. <laughs> like DDP was never good. Ever. He's always been trash. And so what what is what is and and I'm not going to agree or disagree with you, but I'm going to play devil's advocate. And 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 right, let me see how to put this. All right, <laughs> like we can talk a lot about guys getting pushes because of who they know, and et cetera, et cetera. But in an era where you had. Hulk Hogan, Sting, Goldberg, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Steve Austin, The Rock, Mankind, Triple H. I mean, the Attitude Era, you talk about an era that had probably more quote-unquote top guys than any other era in wrestling. How it, how did he get so over? You know what I mean? Like there, There has to be something about DDP that connects with a crowd. For especially in an era like that, for him to get so over. Because he was over with that WCW crowd. <laughs> I asked you a goddamn question. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Uh, 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 Let me tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> a fucking dirty left sock gets found every once in a while. <laughs> I just like I said, I'm and I'm not, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you because Diamond Dallas if, Page. If, if, if Diamond Dallas Page never met Randy Savage, and Randy Savage wasn't tired on a Tuesday, that guy would have never fucking made it. And if um, if I would say this. If I if I'm Diamond Dallas Page and Eric Bischoff's gonna call call me, I'm gonna be like, look, I don't wanna be a star. I'd rather fuck my wife and just fucking work at Target. <laughs> I'll just wrestle Disco Inferno every week. It's fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't want to watch you plow my wife every day. <laughs> every time you every time you come over, you're like, I'm back. <laughs> and fucking her butter. <laughs> DDP is trash. I hate DDP. Okay, hold on. I got to piss. I'll be right back. Let me write this down, actually. That's what Eric said when he was looking at Kimberly's mouth. like wires under your desk or something like you have them all separated and then you come back like 20 minutes later and they're all wrapped up again <laughs> like what the fuck is going on do these things mate <laughs> so mark star for edit what the fuck was that noise what is that? <laughs> sound like a vacuum cleaner Remowing their lawn. <laughs> no one is going on. Yeah, I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is that noise? Here's <laughs> 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 something, and I'm not there. <laughs> I feel stoned, and I'm not. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> it was a room, room. I heard it. <laughs> so like, room. I thought you were about to be abducted. <laughs> okay, that's just gonna have to be in the background. So now that we've had this discussion about DDP, he is holded by Eric Bischoff. <laughs> He is out here cutting a promo as he is a manager in the AWA at this point for one of actually low-key one of my favorite tag teams. Oh, they're a great tag team, but let me tell you how big of a fucking idiot DDP is. (laughs) Very well. He says, I'm managing the bad company, B-A-D-D company. Okay. (laughs) And and, and he he puts two D's at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Which is what Kimberly did 
when she got cockholded <laughs> with Kevin Nash and Eric Bischoff. And then DDP shows his shirt, but guess what? It only has one D. Because uh. <laughs> he's a fucking moron. So he spelled his own team's name wrong. On his nice bedazzled, shirt. stupid shirt. D.D. Page. But yeah, Bad ba- Company, Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka are a fantastic fucking team. They are. They're one of the reasons during this... They're, they're one of the things during this era of the AWA that you want to watch. Um, they actually did some really cool shit in Memphis, too. If you ever are inclined to watch that with Paul Diamond with his amazingly poofy mullet when he was in and, Memphis. Yes, and, 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 and Pat Tanaka entertaining his millions and millions of fans. <laughs> and all the WrestleManias he performed at. Folks, if you have not, you have to look up the interview with Pat Tanaka. I forget what. It's, is it the, it's not The Sun. It's one of those Canadian um, websites. We'll have to find it for you. But anyway, yeah, Pat Tanaka totally makes up largely. You want to call him fish? Everything stories, about his life, about his career. which which is it's it's comical because it's silly. But I like Pat Tanaka. So <laughs> anyway, um, also them as Orient Express in the WWF. You know, like Rockers and Orient Express from the Royal Rumble 91 is one of my favorite tag team matches ever. Yeah. Ever. And if you don't know, Paul Diamond was also Max Moon. Yes, he was. He and was... He, has, he has the silliest raw entrance ever. <laughs> yeah, that little, the little, the little entrance area. He has to walk down and do his little... <laughs> <laughs> it is goofy. Say, okay, it's happening. <laughs> is that that's the first raw i think that's also that whole raw i i call it like a lot of the we're again off topic whatever it's our show fuck it oh that raw a lot of the production like i call that for those first couple of shows monday night rockward <laughs> because there's like there's like undertaker you know like undertaker they're used they were so used to undertaker his entrance, they had a long aisle most of the time. So his entrance could be, it could be long and drawn out that first raw. It's, it's either the first or second raw. I don't remember off the top of my head, but that first match he has on raw, it's like, boom. He's already on the steps. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's just like, Hey guys, how's it going? It's, yeah, it's so awkward, but it's fun to watch those early roles, to watch them get their footing and everything. And, um, and, and in this match, it's Bad Company and Medusa against the Top Guns and Wendy Richter. And the Top Rick Guns Rice are... and Derek Dukes. Yes. Derek Dukes, I knew of him. I have no idea who Ricky Rice is or what his story I don't, is. I don't know either, but there's a point in the match where... Um, Lee Marshall says that um, Rick Rice, Ricky Rice, is plowing Paul Diamond. 
<laughs> oh no. <laughs> he said, Hey Ray Stevens, look, Ricky Rice is plowing Paul Diamond. And Ray Stevens was like, Look, I teamed with Pat Patterson and <laughs> I've seen some plowing. <laughs> This match wasn't terrible. It wasn't. And Dukes is the black guy, by the way. Yeah. And I was just, you said you didn't know which one Ricky Rice was. Oh, no, I, no, 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 no. I said, I know, I know, I know of Derek Dukes. I have no idea who Ricky Rice is. Oh, he's the white guy. <laughs> like Derek but, Dukes, but, like, I don't know a lot about him, but I know. I've seen the stuff with his his um, overtly racist angle with uh, uh, De Beers, and then I remember reading about him in the magazines and stuff back in the day. But this Ricky Rice guy, I didn't even know he existed until I watched this show. Well, at, at the end of this match, Dukes tries to hit a drop kick that's supposed to be the highest spot of the match. He completely misses it. <laughs> yeah, fucks it all up. It's terrible, and um. The top guys and Richter win it because Pat Tanaka kicks Medusa by mistake. And <clears throat> I don't want to sound like an asshole or whatever when I say this, but do you know what I noticed about Medusa? What's that? She, and I don't even think I sound like an asshole when I say this, she's like Elizabeth. She's like Miss Elizabeth. Medusa got better looking as she got older. Mm -hmm. Like, she's not terrible looking during this, but like when she got to like WCW 92, she looked completely different. Yeah. She was like, man, she was, she was hot. Like WCW 92. Mm -hmm. When she was was with uh, Polly and Rick Rude. Yeah. Or in her little in her little gypsy outfit with Sting. Yeah. Why do these things stick out of my mind? Because I was a young teenage boy hot. at the time. Well, and because I was a young teenage boy at the time, ladies and gentlemen. Because <laughs> he was jerking off down in the basement by the dryer. Okay. Again, not a terrible match. After the match, there's a fallout with Medusa and Bad Company and DDP. She calls she calls Lee Marshall a scumbag. Scumbag. Like, like Lee Marshall's like, hey, Medusa, I need to ask you a question. She's like, back off, scumbag. She like bifaces him. It's funny to me. <laughs> she gives uh she gives Pat Tanaka the old slap. Yeah, and DDP even sucked eggs in 98 or 88. He fucking <laughs> sucked even then. Now it's one of the highlights of the show for me. Because I love me a good, unintelligible Carrie Von Eric promo. Yeah, he says... Gosh, there's only yeah. one Eiffel Tower. There's only one leaning tower of pizza. <laughs> he said pizza. Well, uh, he, said that, <laughs> he said that later. In this interview, Larry Nelson interviews him, and he goes, Jerry Lars, 
Jerry Lawler's the world champion. I'm a world champion. There's only one world. <laughs> there's only one right. There's only there's only one one off the tower. And there's only one Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. And there's only one leaning tower of pizza. Until <laughs> later, he goes, there's only one world. There's only one off the tower. There's only one Mona Lisa. <laughs> what he says in that promo. <laughs> nope, dude. <laughs> and then we get to the highlight of what I know you wanted to see. <laughs> it's Ronnie Garvin versus Greg Gagne. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, the international TV title. The international TV title. This one's not even recognized by a goddamn promotion. And, not to mention... It's a disputed championship. This fucking match sucked. I have it was terrible. nothing good to say about it. It's a, disputed, it's a disputed title that Ganya, I guess, wins on a fucking count out. So yeah. in other words, it's still disputed. This is all garbage. I about, all I can say about this is, Nate, you and I have differing opinions of Ronnie Garvin. Mm-hmm. I like Ronnie Garvin. You don't. That's fine. I like, do not like Greg Gagne. He's your favorite wrestler. <laughs> the fuck he is. <laughs> like Greg, I know he's not. Greg <laughs> Gagne, like if you watch this match, I know you hate Ronnie Garvin. That's fine. Ronnie Garvin's a badass. Okay? Can, I, can I tell you something? Disagree with me the fact that no, I I have a confession to make on this show right now. I have, and again, this is this is a a coming of age thing, folks. As we as we people like Aaron and I, or those of you that are they're like like deep cut wrestling and stuff like we are that. You can, you consume everything you can because the modern product fucking sucks. So we and and we've all watched we've all watched although we do it over and over and over again. We've all watched Mid Atlantic. We've all watched WCW. We've all watched like the you, old WWF. Do you, you like Smoky Mountain Ronnie Garvin? You, no, you go on a YouTube wormhole, okay, or something like that. One night you're just. You're just trying to see, okay, I want to know about, you know, a, a person, a Pampiro Furfo, or like Aaron and I were talking about earlier. I went back last week and was watching a bunch of as much old Ron Wright as I could possibly see because I want to see what this guy's story is. I, I actually now officially can't say that Ronnie Garvin is my least favorite wrestler. And, and it's because. You watch this Greg Gagne match? No, <laughs> no, God, no! I still, I still contend that any Ronnie Garvin that I saw when I was younger, up until I got older, to me was terrible. I didn't like the trucker hat Ronnie Garvin in in WCW or NWA or whatever. I didn't like Ronnie Garvin in the WWF. I like Ronnie Garvin here. It can all fuck off. It, to me, it was boring and it was garbage. 
but I've gone back. I've gotten to see some of this Ronnie Garvin stuff from like ICW, you know, his stuff with Savage and looking into it or seeing some of his stuff from, uh, from Georgia or seeing some of his, and, and, and I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm, I'm completely, the leaf is turned and I think he's the greatest wrestler ever, but there's, there was something there. There was something there that until now I have not acknowledged. So, Ronnie Garvin's no longer my least favorite wrestler. This match, fuck it. This is terrible. <laughs> well, it's because fucking Cream Puff Ganya's in it. Like Ron Garvin. I still is contest. Like, I can tell. I still contest. Trucker hat Ronnie Garvin sucks. But anyway, he's cool. With that shitty NWA title win and he was cool. Starcade '87 and. He was cool, and he beat the. He slapped the shit out of Flair. It was good stuff. <laughs> but anyway, if you watch this, fucking Ronnie is just like beating the fuck out of Greg Gagne, and then Greg Gagne is just like, "I'm Greg Gagne." <laughs> he hits it with the politics slap. Yeah, fucking Greg Gagne. I I put this. This match is Ronnie Garvin versus Greg the Cream Puff. <laughs> because I I didn't want to put something that wrecked. Like, I wrote something and I was like, I got to scratch that out because I can't save this on the podcast. <laughs> Greg Ganya is terrible. Fucking terrible. And as I watched this match, I was like, I don't want to have this bias towards Greg Gagne. So I went back and watched some more matches of him. He's a cream puff. He's terrible. Well, not to mention like like, like, like Eric Watts is better than fucking Greg Gagne. No, I'll agree with you on that. And for a couple of reasons. Firstly, I hear people or I, I hear people on, on podcasts and other, other things and I read articles and stuff about how uh the High Flyers was a really good tag team. I don't even think the High Flyers was a really good tag team. I've never seen anything Greg Gagne was in that I liked. Ever. Other than inducting his dad into the yeah, Hall of Fame. Yeah, the only thing Greg Gagne ever did good was put his dad in the fucking Hall of Fame. <laughs> Greg Gagne is a piece of shit. <laughs> well, I don't know him as a person, <laughs> but well, I know him as a talent, and he's a piece of shit. Well, Aaron, we are going to take a intermission. <laughs> We're going to end on that. Take an intermission. We'll take our break in the middle of the show here, and when we return, we will finish reviewing Super Clash Three here on the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. We will be right back after this. All right, wrestling fans, and welcome back to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, the Super Clash 88, Super Clash 3 edition of the show. Of course, we have 
as we always do after our break, is the shameless plugs edition, or the shameless plugs segment of the show. And I just want to take this time to shamelessly plug, if you are not a current member of our Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Get in there right now. Aaron actually has another tournament going on this time based on classic United States champions. Uh, I mean, you could even pick Bobby Lashley, right? He's the current current United States champion. Any current or former U.S. champion can get in the tournament, and the way these tournaments work that Aaron does on our Facebook group is pair them up one-on-one. Well, the last one was tag team, so two-on-two. Anyway, he pairs them up. The the members of the group take a poll, and then the winner of the entire thing when we get to the end gets a prize pack. Free shit. You don't even have to pay a dime. Yeah. Nothing. And you, you pick a U.S. champion. Like, say, I'm not going to pick a champion because I'm running the goddamn tournament. But say, I'll be like, oh, U.S. champion. Uh, Jim I picked Vader. Yeah, Nate picked Vader. Archie picked. Archie's not on here, but Archie picked um, Rick Rude. Say, be like, oh, U.S. champion, uh, Ricky Steamboat. Just pick that motherfucker. And then <laughs> okay. if he's the one that wins out of the boats, you get a bunch of free shit. Yeah. You get, uh, uh, I, um, you get a collection of random cards, WWF cards or WWE cards. You get a, um, Master of the Universe ring. You get, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan Retro Fest mm-hmm. figure that Nate's putting out there. You, you, you get a bunch of shit. A little John Cena figure. If you don't do it and you you lose, don't bitch at me because you didn't get nothing. And guys, check this out. The last tournament Aaron did, if an admin or a host of the show wins, guess what? We're not going to keep the prize. Just like Archie and Aaron did with the last one, you might get a bigger prize. You know, the initial prize offered was X, and then Archie won the tournament, so he offered Aaron's X plus his Y and Z for you to be able to win even more stuff, put everybody in a randomizer, yeah. and we got, a, we got a winner. So, And Bobby Anders, congratulations on winning that. Archie put his D in your B. <laughs> also just one last shameless plug for this week we'll only do two um the 2300 pod uh we are chronicling along with ecw's chad austin the history of ecw um chronologically we're watching every show every week and it has been a really cool experience so far and it's only going to get cooler and listenership continues to grow up to go up. Um, I do post that in the We Can't Wrestle podcast group, but you can also check it out on the Twenty Three Hundred Pod group or anywhere, of course, that you listen to your favorite podcast, whether it be Podcast Addict, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify. No matter what, just like this show, that show is 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 really good. And, and you get a deep dive, of course, at this point with someone that was actually in the company, uh, that actually worked there, that knows a lot of the guys that you're seeing, a lot of the guys that you're watching along with us. 
So check out the 2300 pod reliving ECW wherever your favorite podcasts are available. Yes. And the, the, the 23 is the 2300. I just want to say this real quick. The 2300 is my, my baby. Yeah. Like, um, it, it's cool that Nate and Chad are on there and it's like, I didn't even expect when I thought about it, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back. I don't want to sound like a fucking pat myself on the back guy. Sorry. Go ahead, but Horowitz. Like, <laughs> but the 2300 was, well, when we started the We Can't podcast, I told Nate, like, right at the start of it, I was like, man, we should do a... A territory, territory. A territory yeah, a territory podcast. podcast. And it's like, man, we got to do ECW. It's it, it's perfect. And they was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And when we finally did it, and then Chad was right there with us, it was like Chad was like a happy accident into it. And it's a fun show. And if you guys want to laugh your asses off and just have a good time, listen to the twenty three hundred. Absolutely. Because we're going to start getting into, at this point, like right now, like Aaron said, laughing our asses off because the beginning of the, the beginning of a promotion is, is at times a, a, a work in progress, uh, growing pains, et cetera, et cetera. So we're kind of having fun with it now. But as time goes on, it's going to start getting serious. And that's not that there won't be things we laugh about. But, you know, you're going to start getting serious. You're going to start getting into the the ECW that we know is ECW and it's really interesting to get there. And uh, we encourage everybody to listen along with us. And if you're just going to listen to it for the first time, we're only uh, as of this week, 11 episodes in. So it's not going to take too long to catch up to listen from the beginning. So it's it's still a midget running. So it's still funny. (laughs) Give it a chance. Mm. Speaking of giving it a chance, Aaron and I gave Superclash 3 a chance this week to review on the show. We've already had some stuff going on, and I actually want to get the last note I had, as crazy as it is, about this uh, Greg Gagne, Ronnie Garvin thing is, this is when I looked up at this show. I thought I'd been watching it for a couple of hours because there's already been like eight matches we're not even we're an hour like, into this thing. You're like an hour. Yeah, you're like an hour and fifteen into it. So, no, no, okay, no. Ganya and and uh, and Garvin ended it like sometime in the fifty minute mark, fifty between fifty and an hour. <laughs> and and now we go into something that, quite frankly, I didn't take a lot of uh, notes on. This women's battle royal, I just wrote terrible. It's the, um, I wrote match seven, the over the top ass and titties international. <laughs> and the only one that didn't get naked ish was the terrorist. And I kind of wanted to see her naked because the terrorist was hot. <laughs> She's the bomb. Oh. Yeah. Like, when I saw her, I wanted to explode. (laughs) 
the terrorist was kind of hot. And 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 I, and I and I missed this in my notes when we were talking when Bad Company was out mm-hmm. during that match. The terrorist was with DDP. Like why? They didn't explain <laughs> that. But anyway, I kind of wanted to see that broad with her titties out, but it, it didn't, didn't happen. happen. Anyway, that happened, and the terrorist won. <laughs> now I want to say. You know, you know who popped me next in this next segment? Peggy Lee Leather. She actually made me laugh in this segment. She she was like a good, like shitty heel chick. Do you know what I um, want to are you are you talking about the Larry Nelson interview? Yeah. Do you know with what her I, with her and Luna? Do you wanna know what my note said? What's that? said uh, up next Larry Nelson interviews Ricky and Robert the Rock and Roll Express <laughs> I mean Peggy Lee Leather and Luna Vachon <laughs> well, exactly they had brunette about- and blonde mullets and they looked like <laughs> men they were talking about well, the battle Peggy, Peggy Lee Leather did a good job she did it's a good Christmas. <laughs> that was funny. It was yeah, a funny was like, line. I wanted to win this battle royal so I could get Christmas presents for my kids. And this <laughs> bitch came out here and fucked it all up. It's going to be a good Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Um, now, as as what happens in the 80s and 90s at every non-WWF pay-per-view, Bill Apter shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked this, and you know why I liked it. Hmm. And and they ruin it later, but I like the fact that Jerry the King Lawler won the Inspirational Wrestler of the Year from PWI, and didn't come out and accept it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like if he's not a heel, buddy, he is now. Yeah. They were like, like Bill Atter was like, is he gonna come out and learn? And, and like, fucking Lee Marshall's like, hey, Jerry Lawler, come get your award. And he's just like, well, I guess he's not showing up. I guess Jerry's not coming out here. Yeah, but yes, we got uh, Bill Apter to announce Jerry Lawler as the inspirational wrestler of the year for Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Um, and like Aaron said, Lawler no shows his own his own award. <laughs> he's no Sting, I tell you. Um, fantastic. <laughs> up next is a boot camp match. And that's all I got to say about that. It's Sergeant well, Slaughter and Colonel De Beers. Well, this is where I, this is where I asked you a question. Which by the way, Colonel De Beers is this is the second time this is like two times in a week. Or two times <laughs> In two weeks. Two weeks in a row that we got to talk about this piece of shit. <laughs> and now he's managed by DDP, so it's fucking even worse. DDP with Colonel De Beers, Jesus Christ. But this is the question that I wrote down. And I'm going to ask you this. It's a real question. Mm-hmm. I'm not being funny. Sergeant Slaughter 
doesn't take the G.I. Joe deal and tells the McMahons, all right, I'm not going to take the G.I. Joe deal. I'm going to do my deal with you guys. Mm-hmm. Does Hulkamania still happen? Yes. Yes, and here's why. Is there here's why. Yes. And here's why I say that. A couple of reasons. Hulkamania, Hulkamania and uh, Hogan's push started before Slaughter left. Hogan and Slaughter were there simultaneously. They were equally... They they were equally positioned, yes. Now, yes, I do believe Hulkamania still happens because... and, and, And hear me out. You look at the level of talent that Vince brought in during that, that 83, 84, 85 expansion junkyard dog, uh, fucking, uh, name, name a name. You know what I mean? All these people coming in. Hogan was still the man. Now slaughter, I think could have been a better one a than almost anybody, but Andre, but I do think, I do think Hogan remains the top guy. I do think Hulkamania still is big. But I almost think that that you get you get a slaughter heel turn quicker than you got it. Well, see, now you brought the 1A, 1B thing up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let me ask this now. This just popped into my head. And, and and they're completely different people. Completely different. Right. Algamania happens because Slaughter sticks around. Did we get Randy Savage? I still say yes. Face, face Randy Savage. Do we get face Randy Savage? Maybe is not. It like, is it like... I think Savage Hogan? still comes in. I, I, I get he comes in, but is it like Hulk Hogan shaking hands with Randy Savage, or is it Hulk Hogan shaking hands with Sergeant Slaughter? I still say Savage, and I, here's where I defend that. Uh, I, I, I guess I counter to you with a question. Who has more charisma? Let's oozing charisma. Slaughter, he did, he did, but to me, Slaughter is, and this is not at all knocking on Slaughter, not at all, because he did have charisma, and he had the Patriot gimmick, and et cetera, et cetera, but Savage, man, Savage is a different kind of charisma. Savage is that, 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 that unpredictable, crazy, fuck, I don't know that you ever deny that. I don't know that that... I think Hogan and Savage are still where they are, but then I take other guys, and and Slaughter could knock them down a peg. See what when when you brought the A one A B thing or whatever, that's why it just popped into my head. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think how do I want to say it? I don't think Randy. If, if, if 
we're totally getting off the rails. But anyway, I think if Slaughter wouldn't have left, mm-hmm. you might have still had Hulkamania. And until you brought like the A A one A two thing up, I don't think Savage turns face. I really don't. And I think it would have been Hogan Slaughter. And maybe. And and that's the fun thing about the speculation. But I really do think at the end of the day, um regardless of heel face, I think that that with Hogan and Savage, ultimately I think the pecking order remains the same. But like I said, I think that if as an well, example I'm not saying the pecking order changes. I just don't think Randy would have turned face. I think it would have been Hogan Savage or not Hogan Savage. I think it would have been Hogan Slaughter. I mean another thing you take into consideration though is what would at that time at that time in eighty four, eighty five, and then going into the late eighties what kind of do Ho, do do Hogan and Slaughter, and I don't believe seeing have, have as they had the program they had, they don't have the charisma together that Hogan and Savage did. And I'm not saying Hogan and Slaughter was bad, but would you rather watch Hogan and Savage or Hogan and Slaughter? Well, you know? I know what you're, I know what you're saying in hindsight or whatever or. Oh, well, you see, but I'm saying, like, I'm saying Sergeant Slaughter doesn't take the G.I. Joe deal and just tells mm-hmm. McMahon, I'll roll over and take it. I think the mega, the mega powers would have been Sergeant Slaughter and Hulk Hogan. Possibly. And I, Savage, I, Savage would have not been the face they went to for it. I think that, and that's not knocking Savage because Randy right, Savage right. is my favorite wrestler of all time. You're just you're just saying that Savage may not have got that face run. He just would have remained a heel. Yeah, he would have been a heel, and he would have been because there's no way Vince doesn't sign that guy. There's no yeah, way Vince. There's doesn't no look way at that guy and go. But but it would have been like like WrestleMania five would have been like the Mega Powers explode. It's Hogan, Hogan and Sarge. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Or maybe maybe you even get to that. Like I said, maybe you even get to that because, to be honest, the whole reason they went with, with – the whole reason Vince worked so hard to convince Andre to turn and to do that match with Hogan at WrestleMania three was because, much like most other wrestling booms – the boom started, and then it, the crazy thing about that 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 mania, the the you know the rock and wrestling connection, et cetera, et cetera. If Andre wouldn't have agreed to do that match with Hogan at WrestleMania three, that shit could have been a bust two years in, because yeah. they were literally like like two years in, they were like fuck, we have nobody for Hogan. You know what I mean? Like this is this is kind of sort of falling apart already, and Hogan and Andre really solidified it. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm not saying you're wrong about Hogan Slaughter having a union and then splitting, but does that happen earlier? You know, does that happen at WrestleMania three? I get that, but I'm just saying like, 
what I'm saying is the fucking world could be a lot different. Yeah. If Sergeant Slaughter would have just said, fuck oh, off, yeah, Joe. Joe. <laughs> Everything would have been different. So I guess that means... And, and, the, and, he, and he can't tell it from this fucking match. The good thing, I was about to say, the good thing about this conversation being long is that we couldn't, we don't have to put a lot of emphasis on this match. Slaughter uh, beats De Beers with a Cobra Clutch. Um, match is garbage. It is. They try, he tries to do a Patterson Alley fight with it, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Bad. And then um, uh, Sheik Adnan Al, Al Casey comes out and fucking the Iron, Iron Sheik comes out. It's it's fucking bad. <laughs> and then uh, the Guerreros come out to make the save for Slaughter. We get a Slaughter promo. There's not a lot to say here. Um, now, finally, Jerry Lawler's willing to comment on his Inspirational Wrestler of the Year and award. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have had him take it. <laughs> He's just worried about, you know, the check's going to bounce, but... Yeah, this is bad. Um, not that Lawler's promo's bad. I'm going to talk later on in the show about Lawler's promos, but I don't want I don't want to get to that yet. Next up, we have a tag match. It's the Samoan SWAT team. Um, of course, Samu and Fatu, who are always good, with Buddy Roberts. Well, I'm going to ask you this. Go ahead and say... Well, I was going to say, against Michael Hayes and Steve, do it to it. Believe me, they tell you a million times during this match, it is Steve, do it to it, Cox. <laughs> yeah. Quick question. Mm-hmm. And who the fuck is Steve, do it to it, Cox? <laughs> no. No. Quick question. And they're the same two people. But it's completely different teams. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer the SST or the Head Triggers? Same two guys, mm-hmm. but completely different team. Does that make sense? <clears throat> yeah, it does. I, if I'm looking at at the matches overall. Although there are some very, very standout um, head shrinkers matches in the WWF, like the high energy match, the Steiners match, the match with Michaels and Diesel, um, the match with Bam Bam and IRS, I, I really would go with SST overall, just because I would do because they were they were like a cool like shitty heel team, like yes, oh, and yeah, well that and, and they they have their sparkly glasses, and they're just like, eh, fuck off. Yeah, and like I said, like I said earlier about um, about Tanaka and Diamond, it's kind of lost to time. That's why I use the word low key because their their runs in these promotions like World Class and 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 the NWA and blah blah blah. As people reflect back on time, it doesn't seem like it gets brought up enough. They are low key one of the better tag teams of of this era. Yeah, this match isn't even that bad. Oh, this match is really good, but Steve, do it to you, Cox is inappropriate. <laughs> um, I you know I've seen I, I've watched a lot of world class, and I said 
when Aaron said, I have a question for you. And he, I said, who the fuck is Steve Cox? I was joking. He was, he was fairly, it's funny. Cause Steve Cox, like watching the, the, His the nickname world. is inappropriate. <laughs> it is. Um, Steve, do it to you. Yeah. To it, to it, not ya, it. <laughs> Either way, put it away, Steve. <clears throat> he was over in one city. That's Steve Cox's story. He was over in Dallas. That's it. So I, I, um, I thought he was. I, you sure he wasn't over in Butte, Montana? In what? In Butte, Montana. Butte, Montana. <laughs> Um, Hershey, Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh. So, um, you, you threw me off. Buddy Roberts in this match is, is emo before emo's emo. He's goth before goth is goth because he's got a chain wallet. But Buddy Jack also has a kick-ass Jägermeister shirt on. <laughs> That's a cool shirt that he had. Like, like, I'd pay money for that shirt he had. That's for true. That's for true. Um, <clears throat> but the SST wins this match after Buddy Roberts hits, I believe it's, is it Hayes or Cox? I don't remember. He beats Cox. Hayes. He hits <laughs> Hayes with his wallet chain, and uh, the SST. I just don't want to say he beats Cox. <laughs> okay. I have this right here. W, this is what I was talking about earlier. You said WWE did not edit, edit, editor did not edit the racial slurs earlier during the uh, Iceman King Parsons match. However, I don't know if you noticed or not, <clears throat> but now Larry Nelson does an interview with the Sheiks, the Iron Sheik and Sheik Adnan Al Kasi, and they are talking about attacking Slaughter earlier. Iron Sheik starts to go into something about Allah and Muhammad and WWE Network cuts that fucking shit off and goes to the next segment. Like, WWE Network was like, we don't want to get, this might sound like, like you know, radical terrorism or whatever, but... Well, like, well they gotta make that Saudi money. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. Maybe, the, maybe we just put the pieces together. But yeah, Sheik starts to go into some shit about, you know, they're doing it because for Allah and Maha. It's like Maha. And then they go to the next segment. So I think Did WWE. Did I just say something intelligent? What? Did I just say something intelligent and proper? Uh, Salam alaikum. I think you did. I was just making a joke with the Saudi money, but apparently I'm right. So now we, we move on to. Um, my favorite thing on the entire show. Yeah? Yeah. We got Manny Fernandez and Wahoo McDaniel about to come up in, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I just, um, but first, before the match starts, they introduce Tatsumi Fujinami. What do they call him on the show? I don't remember. They don't call him Tatsumi. They call him something else. The great Fujinami right. or some shit. Yeah. The Japanese champion. He's actually the IWGP champion, I believe, at the time. Um, and Manny Fernandez. Now, I want to tell you something, and I want you—I want you to tell me if you think I'm wrong. 
Because when Manny first starts cutting this promo on Fujinami on the on the screen, he's not on the screen. Okay. And do you know what I thought the minute like when I heard him talking, but I didn't see him? It's the first time it's ever clicked for me in my forty-two years of life. Manny Fernandez, although he, although not necessarily his gimmick was not in any way was his gimmick patterned after him. Scott Steiner patterned his heel promos after Manny Fernandez. His cadence, the way he speaks, where he pauses. I know that it's more, people like to look at it more like a Billy Graham thing or something because of the look and the posing. But I want you to listen to a Manny Fernandez promo. Everybody do me a favor. Listen to a Manny Fernandez promo without looking at Manny Fernandez. Scott Steiner was a Manny Fernandez fan and patterned his Big Papa promos after a Manny promo. Well, I'd have to go back and watch it. But if he did, good for him. Because Manny (laughs) Fernandez is fucking awesome. Like One of my my favorite undercover awesome teams is Manny Fernandez and Rick Rude. Fucking awesome. And I know know you dig them more than I do. And it... It's not for me. It's not even a knock on the guys. To me, they were a team. There, mm, I hate to say this, I really do, but I am not a fan of pre like nineteen eighty nine Rick Rude. I am. I know. Eighty nine on, on board. But I'm just not a big I'm not a big fan of '89 before, you know, prior to '89, Rick Rude. But I know what you're saying. I mean, for their for what they were doing at the time, they were fucking awesome. They were all right, but they also got you know they had that big fucking Paul Jones anchor tied to their ankle. Him as their manager, the fucking Matt Mustache World Order, fucking great man. <laughs> But getting past that, over over this, over over your lip. Go ahead. But getting past them, this fucking strap match is. Fucking oh yeah, these awesome. two guys beat the fuck out of each they other beat in this the match. Fuck out of each other. They bled like a motherfucker. This fucking match was great. Oh, there was yeah. I I have nothing bad. But like I gave this match like. This is the best goddamn thing on the show. Um, the match, uh, the match, like Aaron said, the match is badass. Um, Wahoo, uh, Wahoo gets all the, the corners cause it's a strap match. Obviously it's an Indian strap match. He gets all the corners. Most guys are covered in blood. Um, and then Fernandez attacks Wahoo after the match. Fujinami makes the save. And then, Wahoo cuts one of my favorite promos of the show because he is the greatest. Okay, this 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 promo in and of itself capsulated in this at at best marginal show. Okay, this whole promo segment with Wahoo thing on the show because 
here's where it is. It's super realistic because he's leaving. Like he's literally, he's like walking up the ramp. Like he doesn't want to do an interview. He's covered in fucking blood. He's just had a mat. Like it's so realistic because then all these like guys that are like little fucking stooges or whatever, like, Hey, you got to come back for an interview. They want to do an interview. And then he comes back and does the interview. And then he essentially says, uh, uh, my fofo make sure all your kids don't grow. Like, Wahoo's going to kill this motherfucker. Like, I will not be happy that I pinned him. I will yeah. not be happy that I touched all. I am going to kill him. I will not be happy till this dude is dead. Literally, he says, till he is dead. I'm glad y'all got sticker cell and shit. <laughs> Wahoo going to hit him up, up, up. <laughs> But anyway, yes, fantastic. Nothing negative to say about this. Everything about the Indians trap match and Manny Fernandez is fucking perfect. Yep. Love it. Um <laughs> yeah, I wrote I wrote on my notes, why who gonna kill you? Why who gonna <laughs> kill you? But anyway, and now we get a we get Larry Nelson interviewing two old guys. It's like those guys from the Muppets or whatever. Like we got Vern Gagne and Stanley Blackburn. <sighs> and yeah. They're ram they're rambling on about blood and fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> I told him, I told him if there's too much blood, you gotta you gotta stop the match. If there's too much blood, and Stanley Blackburn's yeah, I told him back in 1963, I told him you gotta stop at the match if there's not enough blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know where there was too much blood at Ford's Theater. <laughs> so anyway, we are moving on to Jerry the King Lawler and Kerry Von Erich, which is our championship match. This match is to unify the AWA Championship and the World you know this, Class Championship. You know this Jerry Lawler story? Jerry Lawler is one of my favorite people. Oh shit! We got a run in. Jerry Lawler. This is like rotten. This is like one of our um our uh, what do I call them? The freeform shows. People just show up and shit. Kyle Army is here. I mean I love it. Four hours late. Four hours late and six dollars short, but he's here nonetheless. And fucking fifty pounds overweight, so he just finished <laughs> he just finished he just finished watching no the season. He just finished watching the season finale of Scrubs. The season finale of Scrubs. I think all those people are dead. That's, I was that's, just saying, and that's why he called it the season finality at first. <laughs> I was just saying, no, this fucking guy was like, <laughs> "Hey, I've never watched The Office before." I had. I'm not gonna lie about it. Be like, "Hey guys, I watched something that I didn't." <laughs> You know what? You know what? Hey, you know what? <laughs> I respect <You> that. <laughs> Ironically, I respect that. <laughs> Here's the thing. I have it, so it's new to me. So I get to enjoy it. You can only enjoy something one time. For the first. Well, time. you've never met. You've never had pussy before, then. <laughs> Sorry, I'll hit that out. I mean, I guess technically you would say yes because I have two ex-wives. Because <laughs> I have two ex-wives. All right, now hold on, Kyle. Uh huh. 
since you butted in here. Yeah, I'll let shit out. Sorry. I will not. <laughs> um, I like the fact that Aaron said I trotted in. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to say you did a run-in. You stumbled. <laughs> All right. Stop. Aaron was Aaron. Okay. Kyle? Yes. You did not watch the show we watched. Unfortunately not. I did not think that I was going to be a build. No, don't say unfortunately. It, most it was of a it good was, goddamn most, show, man. A lot, of, a lot of it wasn't great. I think Aaron liked it. Aaron liked it more than I did. But uh, we have gotten to... Now, Kyle, have you ever seen the Jerry Lawler, Carrie Von Erich match from this show where Carrie Von Erich bleeds fucking excessively? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. Okay, so we're going to get into that. But Aaron wanted to tell a Jerry Lawler story about this show. That's where we were at. We're at Lawler and Von Erich for the Unified Championship, the AWA versus the World Class Championship. And Aaron asked me if I had heard a Lawler story, a certain Lawler story about this, and I had not. So go real, ahead, Aaron. Sorry, real quick before Aaron, you get to your your story and stuff. This is back like a unified title actually meant something. Not in this show. Well, it fucking that's what it does, man. It means more than fucking the 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 Raw and SmackDown title binding every six years, and then I will not debate that. <laughs> I refuse to debate that. You're right. But Aaron, go ahead with your Lawler story there. Anyway, what I was saying was um, Lawler's book. He was talking about how he was going to fight Kerry Von Erich. And you know, Kerry Von Erich, I'm not going to say any stories out of school, that he was aloof, you know. Who's that person? Oh, Nate's back. Sorry, everything's everything's going weird. Nate's here and okay. Let's take it back. Let's back. It's good. Okay. Anyway, you know. Lawler and Von Erich were having this match. They were going to go out there and have this match, okay? Yeah. And Lawler said he's sitting in a locker room, and Kerry Von Erich is this aloof motherfucker. Stupid, obviously. And he said that he walked by Kerry, and Kerry was sitting on like a bench, and he had his gig. On his hand because he was going to bleed in the match like he did, you know? Right. Like the match, like the match being stopped and stopped by blood wasn't an accident. That was going to happen. And Kerry was going to gay himself. However, <laughs> however, Kerry was sitting on a bench. And was sitting there and carries this jacked up motherfucker, right? And Carrie's sitting there, he's talking to his friends. Hey man, how are you? Hey, how are you? Hey, 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 how are you? Leading Tower of Pizza. Leading Tower of Pizza. And he gets an itch, and guess what he does? No. He itches his arm. 
That's his goddamn bicep. Harry Von Eric, before they go out on this fucking pay per view, gigs his own fucking bicep. He gigged himself before and the that's match. Why, before the match. And that's why when you watch the match, Kerry comes out there and he's got his fucking robe on and shit. And then he takes it off. And if you watch, he's looking at his arm, looking at his arm. And then when they get like probably three minutes into it, Jerry takes him and slams his arm on the fucking um, metal part that control that that connects turnbuckle to the post hits it on it and fucking Lee Marshall's like oh he's bleeding from it and they're and, and they're selling that shit because he's gonna have to bleed from that he's gonna bleed he's gonna have to bleed from his head all that shit because Carrie Von Eric was just like hey man and went and just itched his arm and fucking opened his fucking goddamn bicep open you never heard that story Nate I mean, now that you told me, I remember reading it in the book. I haven't read that book in fucking 10 years. But now that you told the story, I remember it. And if you watch that match, fucking Kerry comes out. And right at the beginning, I, he's just like, I'm looking at my arm. Because he knew he fucking kicked his goddamn arm. And what a pro lawler. You know, yeah. I, I, talk, I talk about on the show all the time, and I talked about in The Greatest Workers that we did with Chad Austin. And I've talked about about a million times. You know, we talk about Terry Funk, yes, but Lawler, I don't think Lawler gets the credit he deserves for being, and I'm going to get to something here in just a minute, I don't think he gets a cre- the credit he deserves for being possibly top five best ever. Yeah. You know, I, I want to go back to something uh, that they brought up on the Bruce Pritchard podcast. Um, you're Hold on. About- before this, yeah. before you go on your point, because we love to bust balls on this show, of course. Yeah. We're going to now determine this as the Kyle come lately segment. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> go ahead, brother. <laughs> um, when they're talking about, it was Jake, the snake, the, the, the podcast and I'm, Asked Bruce, he's like, "Hey, when Jake cuts that promo on Ted DiBiase, mm-hmm. the Red of Avarice promo, yeah, mm-hmm. where he's you know talking about the you know the gravel money you're gonna grovel for is your very own." He's right. like, "Know that that was a home run." And Bruce says something that really kind of stuck out to me, where he's like, "No, because like that was expected." Mm-hmm. And I think the, the same can be said for, you know, a lot of these older guys, stuff like Jerry Lowell and stuff. It's like, they just knew, like, okay, Kerry fucked his arm up, so I have to fucking just go out there and do this to fucking cover for it. Now, nowadays, it would be like, oh, fuck, like, that wasn't supposed to happen in our planned match. What are we going to do? Right. And it, I... It, it, it loses a lot of the spontaneity of it. Mm-hmm. You know, be, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, there's a lot of great talent out there, and there's still guys to this day that can work and cover for stuff and everything else. But for the most part, you know, 
I think that's a lot of the problem with pro wrestling. How it's it's all fucking planned out ahead of time instead of you know going out there and just kind of winging it. Mm-hmm. And I, being Nate, Nate, can I ask you a question? Yeah. After, I mean, it was it it, it kind of goes off the kind of goes off the slaughter thing and part time. You're not gonna know what I'm talking about because you came in late, but um, <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, you know, in most times it would be like, "How oh, we're so glad to see that you're here." <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. you look well, you fucking, you look happy, you look good. Instead, it's, you fucking part-time son of a... <laughs> yeah, well, this ain't one of those times. I just, anyway, like you to know, I just like you to know, Kyle, just so you know how great you are, we compared you to Tully Blanchard earlier. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's a good thing. In what way? And that, because and you that, like cocaine, you, and nobody's seen you in like five years. But when you show up, buddy, <laughs> oh, I, some of the it is some of the best shit ever. Oh yeah, <laughs> just okay. kidding. But anyway, before I was rudely interrupted, this I had this interrupt you. Shut up. <laughs> point you're gonna be like you rudely interrupted me Nate I feel like I'm becoming holy yeah maybe <laughs> I mean uh, you're like you ever seen the uh the last call with Raven and Sandman yeah okay there's a point when the guy is trying to pour Sandman a drink and Sandman's like don't, no, stop. Don't you dare put my cigarette out. And that's different. <laughs> like, don't you dare put my cigarette out. It's like, no, we're not trying. We're trying to give you another shot. I'm trying to tell you to just be quiet for a minute. <laughs> that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. This is the fun stuff for me, folks. <clears throat> Go ahead, Eric. Are you done? Probably not, but go ahead. <laughs> Zip it. I thought about this, Nate. Say Kerry Von Eric doesn't lose his foot. Mm-hmm. Okay? Doesn't lose his foot. Or being serious, this isn't leading to a. Oh yeah, no, no, okay. I'm not. I'm not leaving it a joke. I'm saying Carrie Von Eric does not lose his foot. Okay. Doesn't have that shitty accident. And... Shut up, Kyle. Not making a joke. I'm not making. Von... Carrie Von Eric does not lose his foot. Do we still get Jim Hellway? Yes. Yeah. You think so? Yep. Or, or or do we get modern day warrior in WWF? No, we don't. And here's why. Here's why. Because regardless of whether regardless of whether Kerry has his accident or not, 
at the end of the day until to the very, very dying end, that Von Erich boy would have been his in his dad's promotion and would have been trying to keep world class alive. Secondly, I still think whether Carrie loses his foot or not, we lose Carrie because of the obvious psychological problems. And I, I, yeah, I didn't mean to get, I don't, I don't think Carrie has the problems until he loses his foot. I think he does. I think it's there. I think, I, I think it's inherently there. I think it is too, because of the simple fact that let's stop calling it an accident. An accident would be, you know, him accidentally, you know, someone pulling out in front of him or, so, you know. He was fucked up. The motherfucker's fucked up. He's riding a motorcycle. Now, I ride motorcycles. The motherfucker's riding a motorcycle and fucking barefoot. What did you think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, right, right there shows you that, you know, he's not all fucking there because anybody who's anybody knows if they're fucking smart not to ride with fucking shorts on, not to ride with fucking no shoes on or fucking flip-flops, not to fucking ride, you know, with protective gear on. Because it's a fucking motorcycle and anything can fucking happen. Yeah, I just, I don't, and I think that, that and, and to that, Aaron brought Hellwig up. I also think you have to take into account I think Vince still would have gravitated to Warrior. Um, and I, I don't know. I just I think things wind up very much the same there, just because, like I said, I think Kerry, like Kyle was bringing to, he obviously already had issues. Yeah. And and just yeah, I, I don't know. And I know if you were- I'm not saying I'm not saying absolutely positively things aren't a little different. But I think we still wind up, you know, from point A to point B, I still think we wind up at point B. Okay. Okay. That's fine. If you had painted his face and called him the ultimate warrior, it wouldn't have been the same thing. I don't think he had the energy. And because the only we've all discussed it, warrior was one of those guys that because he had that high energy, let's face it, his, his fucking match was his entrance. That's what it was. And those amazing promos. You know... <laughs> the blood pumping through the veins. It got the people, though. Run you over with the lawnmower. <laughs> Run you over with the lawnmower. And no, Kyle, I'm no by no way shitting on that. That, I mean, it, anybody that watches... And again, Aaron and I have done this a couple times in the show, so it's not just Kyle's fault. We're getting off the rails. I've, I've, I did it about Jeff Jarrett earlier and et cetera, et cetera. But um, you can't deny, nobody can deny how fucking over was with the crowd for at least a two to three year period. Well, you can't deny how over Gary Von Erich was. That, that's why I was asking. Right. I mean, no, and I understand that. But I also see. Do you get why I was asking it? Yeah. Yeah, and and you know what? I am. You guys know. Um, I am a fan of world class. I've watched world class. I love world class wrestling, and 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 Memphis, like Memphis and Dallas, are my quote unquote territories. When people talk about what are their favorite territories, Memphis and Dallas are mine. 
in the bubble of world class, Kerry Von Eric is fucking all Kogan. He is over yeah. to no, but I think that I don't think that he, and, and, and it's a fault of his and the company's, but he didn't translate to that national company. Well, and I don't think Vince allowed, allowed him to because I think and that's why I said it's his fault and the company's fault. He didn't show Vince enough. You, Vince well, McMahon, anybody that, that, that studies this business knows that Vince, Mc, Vince McMahon is all on board with you once you sold yourself to Vince McMahon. Well, and not just that, but think about any Southern wrestler that came up to, to Vince. Like, there's a difference between Steve Austin and, and Kerry Von Eric because Steve Austin could translate himself over to being a national icon. Kerry Von Eric was very Southern, and I don't think Vince, as much as we know about Vince, like that, you know, yeah, baby, I'm going to do it. I mean, look at Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes has been behind the scenes, but he really didn't have a lot to do in front of the scenes because Vince didn't think that, didn't like that Southern, you know, style mm-hmm. on TV. I think the same can be said for Carrie. The main thing I took from Carrie Bonner on this show was that not only could he believe like a motherfucker, but he was obsessed with Mona Lisa. And the Leaning Tower of Pizza. Yeah. Like, in his first promo, he's like, hey, there's only one world, and there's only one Awful Tower. There's only one Mona Lisa. <laughs> and then he comes out and they interview him. And they're, and Lee Marshall's like, hey, Gary, you're getting ready to fight Jerry Lawler. How do you feel? He's like, there's only one world. There's only one leaning Tower of Pizza. Pizza. He doesn't say pizza. There's only, there's only one. There's only one tower of pizza. <laughs> there's only one. Come on, Lisa. We like Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, you, you only feel bad about people that lean like you do. <laughs> With your one foot. <laughs> so. I wrote like, 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 like he's got to find fucking Daniel Day Lewis and he's like, my left foot. <laughs> Jesus, that's deep. Um, my, my pro, I wrote down here, Von Eric, Leaning Tower of Pizza. But then I also wrote down, and, and I want, this could be a discussion here. And Kyle wouldn't even have to see his pay per view to, to know what I'm saying here, just seeing anything from Memphis, anything from the WWF. Is there, is there a guy in the history of wrestling? And and you guys know, I mean, my favorite promo in wrestling is Dusty Rhodes. Okay. I love a good Dusty Rhodes promo. It's got a lot of soliloquy. It's got verbiage. It's got his, 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 uh, uh, like, like Mike Tyson says, Dusty Rhodes is 70s black. I mean, it's got all of that. It's Dusty fucking Rhodes. It's my favorite promo guy in the history of the business. But, but is there a more real promo guy than Jerry Lawler? Jerry Lawler, everything he says sounds like a, 
a real dude talking about a real situation, even if it's ludicrous. There's only one guy. Who? Brett. I'll even say not Brett, because at his most heel... Brett's my favorite promo guy. And I understand. Oh, God. And, and Nate, you know that Ric Flair and Randy Savage are my two favorite wrestlers of all time. Mm-hmm. But they're not my favorite promo guys ever. Brett's my favorite promo guy ever. I put Brett, I put Brett very, it, it's very close, but I put Brett very close over Dusty Rhodes and Terry Funk. Do you see what I'm saying about Lawler, though? Yeah. Like, when Jerry Lawler's talking... Like, I never... At the, okay. at the end of the show, he's here. like, I could have taken this guy's eye. Right. He's like, I could have taken his fucking eye. But I didn't. So you people should be super happy that I didn't do it. <laughs> and that that's what I was trying to say. Like, and I'm not even remotely taking away the charisma from the charisma of the rock or Hulk Hogan. I would be a fucking idiot to do that. Well, I think there's but when, from when the rock is, when the rock is cutting a promo, I know he's cutting a promo promo times 10 as the rock. When Hogan's cutting a promo, he's cutting a promo times 10 as Hogan. When Savage is cutting a promo, he's cutting a promo times one. Yeah, like Randy <laughs> Savage really Randy is, Savage Randy is crazy. Savage. Yes. Yeah, but that's not Piper. Randy Savage sitting on his fucking right. Jerry Lawler, Jerry Lawler, always sounds like Jerry Lawler, the guy talking to me as the guy in in the audience, and, 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 and he's I, so effective. And I agree with you. I think Steve Austin, but I can't, I can't put him up for Brett. Because Steve Austin, you know. Austin too, yeah. But what I was going to say is there's two types of promos. You know, there's the real promo and there's the over the top. I mean, you know, my God, Mike Tyson is going to be boxing again. And if you watch the the fucking previews for that, he's like, I'm the greatest fighter since the conception of God. It's a fucking ridiculous line, but... Have you seen the fucking photos of Mike Tyson, though? Oh, I know. At at 50 fucking six years old. I, I haven't him posing for getting ready to fight. It's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's I gonna he's gonna eat this guy to do alive. With you. <laughs> yeah. That's you know as it's like this fucking guy can't read, but he can kill me. Like Dusty Rhodes or Muhammad Ali, like they knew how to talk people in the building. You know, being over the top, being flamboyant, and then you had guys like you know. Jerry and, and Austin, they talk people building by being real. Mm-hmm. Because when they said something, if Jerry Lawler came out or Steve Austin came out and said, you know, tonight I'm going to whip fucking so-and-so's ass, you're going to be like, oh, fuck, he's really going to do it. Well, and that, that's what I was going to say about Jerry as a side note to my putting his promo ability all over as much as I am here is I think another thing that lend that helped him develop that is that more than, as Aaron said, Bret Hart, more than Hogan, even though they were, they were in those settings. Yes. In a smaller 
city studio setting. Is there anybody that had a longer fucking run in that type of an environment? So Jerry, well, I'll give you that. Jerry Lawler honed his, his being, he honed his leveling to you and I as like, it's like, he's just talking to me because in that small setting for so long, and maybe better than anybody. And I think also it comes down to the fact that, you know, as much good stuff, maybe Flair, good stuff is what Memphis had. Because Memphis had a lot of great stuff. There was also a lot of goofy, over-the-top shit. And a lot of times it took Harry to be the fucking... The- That's the, we're getting totally off the rails here, but dude, seriously, that shit is the kind of stuff that... Um, it's kind of like ECW in a way, because, you know, the 2300 pod, plug, plug, plug. But there is stuff that worked in ECW that if you took it outside of ECW, you'd be like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck am I watching? Like when any of these promotions, whether it be WWE, especially Impact, tried to dig back in and tried to catch that, capture that ECW. It never worked. And the same with Memphis. Like there was, like you said, there was the Christmas creature, Dr. Frank, all the shit they did in Memphis. When you watch it on Memphis wrestling, it yep. works. If you watched it on the WWF, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and somehow, some way it worked. I know and yeah. Lawler was part of that. Speaking of ECW, you know, I, I was watching some New Jack shoots, which, you know... Are the best shit on YouTube. But like he said, he's like, you know, when he's talking about Vince and all them trying to relive and bring back up ECW. He's like, you can't go to a fucking graveyard and fucking bring back someone from the dead. Just like you can't bring back ECW. You can't bring back, you know... Mm-hmm. It is what it is at the time. And like I said, I think with Memphis, again... Jerry was the constant anchor that kept it based in reality. Him and him and Lance Russell. Yep. Wow. And and oh, <clears throat> let's not forget forget Bill Dundee, Daddy. Mm-hmm. All right. So back to this match, Lawler and Von Eric. And like Aaron said, I mean, about the gig, Von Eric fucking starts bleeding mercilessly right from the beginning. So now we've got to go, and Lawler instinctively goes with the, like Aaron said, the buckle shot, and the commentator's got to go with it. Everybody's got to go with it, because this is what it fucking is now, and uh, they do a good job. Now, one thing that I wanted to point out. Can I point something out? Oh, I want to see if you're going to point out the same thing as me, so yes. I'm going to point out this. If I knew that this fucking mongoloid cut his own bicep open and then glued it back together and now he's going to bleed. If I knew this fucking mongoloid was going to bleed into my mouth, I would be like, no, no. <laughs> You're not going to bleed into my fucking mouth. That was fucking gross. 
Yeah, but I can also see them. I can see Jerry going like, "Oh, that's going to be great, man. That's going to be." Well, and I was and I was just about to say this. Jerry Lawler used the blood. Hmm. And and I was just putting this out. I was just going to put this out there. Jerry Lawler <clears throat> took the blood that Kerry Von Erich was dripping onto him and used it onto himself. Yes. Jerry, Law- Jerry Lawler in this fucking match showed to me why Jerry Lawler is Jerry fucking Lawler. Jerry fucking Lawler. <laughs> He's yeah. the third best worker of all time well, in this fucking match. And, you know, using the blood, like that's like old school fucking like the warrior way. You know, it's like I'm going to take the blood of my enemies and bathe in it. Yeah. And it fucking translates. Well, again, it's that one thing where, you know, the people even up in the nosebleeds can see that. You know, it's playing to the, you know, the the nosebleed section. Yeah. And he, that was my point, Nate. I know it wasn't the point you wanted to make, but that's what was, that's just what I was going to say was, I know you and Kyle were talking about it like a bunch of shit that I didn't listen to. But Thanks. Fucking. Fuckhead. <laughs> you're welcome back. <laughs> Jerry Lawler's the third best worker of the 80s. What I wanted to bring up, and I, I, I think it's funny to me. It was funny to me. Um, all right, so Von Erich has his gash in his bicep and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, we've, we've covered here at extent. Shit was bloody. <laughs> um, Ray Stevens goes, if you're bleeding like this and you're still fighting, by God, you're a horse. And all I kept thinking was, well, he looks like a horse. Leaning Tower of Pizza. Gosh. Dang. Enos was like, do you give up? And he was like, no. Um, sorry. Super stupid, bloody match. Um, almost gruesome. So my other note, my two other notes is, first of all, Lawler tries to come off the top with the, uh, with the Lawler fist. And, um, Von Erich gets the, uh, the claw to the midsection, to the belly of Jerry Lawler. However, the first shot appears that he has the claw to his balls. I was like, oh, did he just claw Lawler to the balls? <laughs> and Lance Russell's like, Lawler. But anyway, um, we got the claw. We got the claw you, move. No, go ahead, Aaron. Do you know what's cool about the Lawler doing the, the fist drop? I think I've talked about this before. Um, Sean Waltman talked about it that he said 
Jerry Lawler is the toughest son of a bitch that he's ever met in wrestling. Okay. And do you know why? No. Because he never wore anything. Because, because for 30 years, Sean Waltman told Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, or Sean Waltman told Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Sean Michaels that Jerry Lawler was the baddest some bitch on the face of the planet because he would hit that fist drop and never had any knee pads mm-hmm. for like 30 fucking years. So for like 30 fucking years, Lawler was hitting that goddamn fist drop on everybody. Austin Idol, Rip Rogers, fucking Mongolian Stomper, all these people hit it and never stopped. No knee pads. Not to mention on a rock-hard Memphis mat. Yeah. The only other note I have on this match... um, is that I thought with the blood they drug it out too long. That was the one thing I was going to bring up too with this because I, like I said, I've seen the match and everything. And granted, it's out of context and everything, but I don't know. I got the feeling just watching like the match itself or whatever the. the not that there wasn't a need for blood, but it, it wasn't like a blood feud. Well, and like Aaron said, there was supposed to be blood in the match. You know, Kerry was supposed to gig his head. But um, the excessive well, you amount of bicep open, you're going to fucking bleed like a I, pig. I understand that. Happen. I understand that. And I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from it. The match wasn't terrible. Oh, but, no. Whole show is really good. The, the the they should have caught. I think I personally think, and I'm not a wrestler. This wrestle podcast, and Chad Austin would bitch slap me right now and say, well, "What are you doing, jabroni?" <laughs> he hates when I use the word jobber. But anyway, um, I think. The, that an audible should have been called in this because the blood is 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 effective, but it's also excessive. And I just think that this, after what happened, they just went ahead and went with what they had planned, and it was really, really long. It just, and the match may not have even seen that long had it not been for the excessive blood. I don't know. You guys might disagree, and that's fine, but. I just think that, that an audible should have been called to end this earlier because it I really, once Carrie really, really started bleeding, I was like, God damn, would they just end this thing? Nate. Excuse me. Nate, do you know what I think the audible was? What's that? I really think they called it audible. Do you know what it was? The buckle shot? What? The buckle shot? No, I, I I think the entire show called it audible. I I don't think that the stud stable rock and roll match should have been was going to be last. You think they knew about Carrie's bicep and yeah, hmm. yeah. 
I, I, and why, I did think... they, why did they still let the match go so goddamn long? <laughs> I have no idea. But they, how they... could you how how could you explain to me that the fucking stud stable rock and roll went on after Carrie Von Eric and Jerry Lawler? <clears throat> Was the intention of this match for Lawler to be the heel? Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe I, uh, I guess that's not even that doesn't even hold true because the uh, the finish of rock and roll and stud stable is a fuck finish. Here's, here's and, and I get that, but what I'm telling you is I don't think that I know Lawler was supposed to win at the end of it. Okay. <laughs> but I really do think that was the audible. I think I think they went with at fucking ten o'clock fucking Terry or Terry <laughs> ten o'clock Stanley Stanley Blackburn was like I need to go to bed. <laughs> I, I think he went. He was like, "Oh fuck, this stupid horse face fucker just gigged his arm." I guess we're gonna have to put this good match out there at the end of it. I, I, does that make sense? Yeah, but I think uh, hey, going going back to what you said, Nate, about like the the excess and blood and everything else. I think if you, we could put it this way: like imagine Austin versus Bret at Mania 13, and everything plays out the same, except after the finish when Austin, you know is in the sharpshooter, he goes another 15 fucking minutes. Right. Overkill. Exactly. I think that's that's the key here, is that it just it's overkill. At some point, it's like you've seen everything you can see. <clears throat> anyway, Cal, you came in late, so your point doesn't matter. I know, but still, the fact is that it's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth? Stay truth, man. Stay truth. So, like I said, I think the match with the blood was was carried on too long. They and I know they were pros; they were doing what they were supposed to do. But it just to me, after ten minutes, it all got very grueling, like uncomfortable to watch almost. Um, Man, when Carrie had the claw on Lawler and the blood was dripping down off of carry onto Lawler. It was fucking great. And that no denying. No denying. Uh becomes the undisputed champion of whatever this mess is that they've got going on with these promotions. Um Lawler became the the world-class championship wrestling and AWA champion. Mm-hmm. And Vern He's didn't great. pay him. And Vern didn't pay him, so Jerry eventually said, fuck Vern you. Vern didn't pay anybody. <laughs> he didn't pay... From what I understand, he didn't pay anybody that didn't work for the AWA, which, I mean, that is what it is, and it sucks, but like we, Aaron and I talked about at the beginning of the show, it really sucks that you, you didn't pay your champion? And that's why Lawler went on his TV and started shitting on the promotion he was the champion of. This 
this show for how great it was was the down honestly was the downfall of the AWA because if it, was, if it wasn't a nail in final nail in the coffin. Yeah. Well, I think that when it comes down to it, we can talk shit all we want about WWE and the product's shitty, but like Vince has it as the design and the layout perfect because like with WCW, you know, Eric Bischoff said time and time again, the reason why people got those multi-million dollar guaranteed contracts because they didn't have, you know, licensing and merchandise. Like Vince is fucking smart where he's like, look, like we will give you fucking so much money out of everything that you sell. It gives the talent the option to go out there and fucking get themselves over, <clears throat> or at least it did back in the day, you know, and like I said, Vince paid him well. And then when you have this, where you have these guys who, you know, the NWA, AWA, who are, I don't want to say fucking their talent over, but, you know, it's very scummy and very, you know, sleazy at times. Why? No, Vern Gagne fucked people yeah. over on this show, Why? apparently. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, at least nothing else, you're going to get paid. Right. <laughs> so we round out this show, and I told Aaron when we started breaking kayfabe on this, uh, on this uh, part of the show here, uh, while I was watching the show, Aaron showed up at my house and we were shooting shit. Wow. And this last, this last match was on in the background. Um, so I didn't actually, it, it's the rock and roll express against the stud stable, which sounds like a fantastic match. <laughs> oh, it's great. But, um, I personally was kind of just watching it in the side view. Um, from what I saw, looked good. Aaron, I guess I'll let you give the full review on the match since you're the only one of the three of us that actually watched it. In today. Well, well, give me a minute. Uh, Very well. In that well, in that case, before as you get to your notes, I will discuss the merits of both teams. Rock and Roll Express, obviously. Obviously, one of the best tag teams of all time. Um, one of my favorite tag teams of all time. And Stud Stable, like Aaron and I were discussing when he was here, those guys don't get enough credit for how good they were. Well, I think the problem is that Stud Stable came along in the time where tag team wrestling was fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to stand out. You got Rob Parker. You got uh, uh, Jerry also known as a bunkhouse a book. Um, but what an amazing tag team. What an amazing act. Um, like Aaron and I were discussing at one point, it's 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 crazy that no major promotion ever gave these guys the opportunity to do what they do as they do it in a national promotion. Because damn, <laughs> I mean, I guess that begs the question. You know, is that through their fault or is it through the fault of you know what I'm saying? Like, did they decide that hey? I'm I'm fine with sticking, you know, here in my comfort zone and not stepping out. I mean, it was probably the fucking money. 
but I mean, well, yeah, because I mean, at this time, it's like if you were on top, we're fucking made that you got good money. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this, Ron Fuller. Sorry, not Ron Fuller. Which Ron Fuller's awesome, but Robert Fuller and Jimmy Golden are, in my opinion, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And any company that took those two guys and made them anything that they weren't did themselves as a company a disservice. I agree. And I'm a huge Stud Stable fan. I love Stud Stable. I love Bunkhouse Buck, and I love Colonel Robert Parker. But if you watch Smoky Mountain Wrestling or anything involving the Tennessee Stud and Jimmy Golden as a tag team, if you don't let those fucking guys just be themselves, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> They're perfect together. Now I will perfect defend the fact that the I will defend that for the fact that the Colonel Robert Parker gimmick was fantastic. Oh, no, that's what I just said. I, I that was good shit. But just just let Robert Fuller be Robert Fuller. You know what? And I'm going to say, and I know we're getting off topic here, but we all know how abysmal fucking uncensored. Mm-hmm. If there's one shining light, Medusa versus Rob Parker, that is how you do a mixed tag or a mixed. Yeah. I mean, this shit is fucking great. Oh god, that my fried pie shit. That's fucking fantastic. I mean, it's just, like I said, that is what it needs to be. It, you know, it, uh, it's so good. <clears throat> so we wrap up. We wrap up Super Clash Three here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, and I gotta say that you know the critics pan this pay per view. I don't pan it. I gave you my star rating. Yes, and I, I will give my Jeff Farmer Yeps ra- rating out of five. I will give this show, honestly, honest to God, I give this show three out of five. And the reason I say this is that it's under the AWA umbrella, but it's a Texas Memphis show. Mm-hmm. Masquerading is an AWA show. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I actually also, you said three, Three yips. Yep. Yeah, yep, yep, I gave yep. I gave it three yep yep yips also. Um so that was the over under for that one. Aaron and I both give it a three. Kyle gives it a, a an absentee ballot. Yeah. <laughs> 
going to be disputed for some time, too. But but let me tell you, brother, we appreciate you coming in for the last yeah. half of the show. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Um, he left his kid in the fucking truck. He's like Kevin Nash. I'm glad to be here for the last half of the show. That's <laughs> where the money's at, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I was just gonna say. Hold on, there's there's money involved in this. No. Before we, before, <laughs> um, I want to say I want to I want to throw out a special shout out to the Talk of Champions. I don't want to. Um, they they did uh Survivor Series '98, the, mm-hmm. the game, and I'll tell you what, it was a fun uh go through it like those guys are very uh very funny very uh fan driven they're they're very much like us yes and they are they are fans they are fan driven and they have an educated real honest look you know they're not just there's a lot of shows there's a lot and 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 there's a reason that I partner us with the people that I partner us with. And that is because I'm not just going to partner us up with the slam, ma'am, wrestling podcast or whatever. Some couple of fucking idiots that just get on and I hate when, (laughs) all right, we're getting off topic. Thanks a lot, Kyle. Fuck it. Who cares? Um, I hate and Aaron, I'm sure you do too, because you're you're a connoisseur like I am. I hate everything. All right, so all right, Piper. I hate everybody. <laughs> no, what I fuck everybody. <laughs> um, and I just did it. But I hate it's when I listen. Trash. I hate when I listen to a podcast or I watch a Facebook Live thing or whatever with wrestling people, and it's like. Three goofy-looking fucks. We're three goofy-looking fucks, but anyway, it's three goofy-looking fucks going, uh, yeah, so, WrestleMania 4, huh? <laughs> like, they're not, they don't, you know what I mean? Like, you guys have to have heard or seen this shit. Oh, but um, they, like, there is a difference between people who try to be funny and people who are funny. Yes, and trust me when I say talk champions, man. They are hilarious. They are they're great. They are very down to earth. Um, and again, like I said, they 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 take it a they take a serious. You can tell when you're looking at someone or listening to someone who is a real fan. I don't even watch this show, and we are glad to be partners with them. Yep. Right, Aaron. Okay. <laughs> that being said, Talk to Champions is fantastic. Oh, thank you. They're very interactive as a recording. You, talk. you assholes are fantastic. Aaron, I think you may need to switch to water, my friend. You came in a lot late into the show. Don't tell me how to live. You should just be glad I showed. 
I don't care how you feel. <laughs> it's all right. How do I? How did I become Tully Blanchard? <laughs> Shit switched. <laughs> that being said, um, I'm going to give the latest arrival the first goodbye. All right. Kyle, give your tootsie goodbye. Even though copyright says we can't. Goodbye, tootsie. Don't cry. All right. Even though it's it's still in our hearts, guys. Still in our hearts. I'll never fail. But again, I'm going to end it as I always end it, guys. I know that everybody is seeing the fucking numbers and shit spike. Don't be a douchebag. If you go to a store, you go out in public, wear your fucking mask. Don't fight with people about it. Fucking think of other people besides yourself. Again, this isn't going away. If you look at other countries that actually follow the mandates, their numbers are going down while ours are going up. There's a fucking reason for that. Like I say, like I say over and over and over and over again, for our entire lifetimes, you dipshits have said, "Uh, okay, no shirt, no shoes, no service." Put your shirt on. Put your fucking shoes on. Nobody wants to see your stank ass feet. And put your mask on. Because even if it's not about COVID, maybe now none of us have to smell your stank ass breath. And here's the big thing. I'm so sick and tired of people saying that it's it's this conspiracy to to take away your freedoms. What fucking freedoms are they taking away from you? None. God damn, guys. Like, seriously. None. You never had any freedom to begin with. You... Okay. You're... I'm sorry. Kyle, thanks a lot. You are... You are... Tell you fucking hilljacks, okay? You are subservient to the government to maintain your roads... You are subservient to the government to make sure that the water runs in your house. You are subservient to the government to make sure all these things happen for you. You spoiled, rotten Americans. Just put the fucking mask on. Why don't you go? I'm sure that there are third world countries in Africa where the children would really have appreciated it if everybody would have worn a fucking mask 50 years ago so they didn't suffer from some terrible disease. Or better yet, why don't you go over to like Korea and stuff where everything is, that's where your freedom is really taken away. You have to eat dog. You know, fuck. I, like I said, go over there where people are fucking. <laughs> Where there is no rats, there is no you know varmints or anything like that because people have fucking ate them already. <laughs> Don't eat your varmints. <laughs> but, but it, again, you don't know what fucking being you know suppressed and and held back. Oh yeah, I, I I hate it when people in this country are like, "Who taking on my freedoms?" 
Oh, shut the fuck up. The fact that you can even post that they're taking away your freedoms prove that you have more freedom than most people in the world. So shut up with your face. You know what? Aaron's making his face like he's going to sign off soon. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear this. But no, hear me out. Aaron, stick around. Because I okay. want to point out something before we sign off. Okay, I'm probably not going to get a COVID vaccine. But here's why. Isn't that that they got to shoot up your butt, don't they? No. Or your nose? The, the foil hat people, the foil hat people will tell you they're not going to get the vaccine because they're going to put a chip in you. And I'm going to get back to that. So just give me a minute. Let me circle back. Okay. Is it a Dorito? Cool Ranch. Uh, I'm thinking Cool Ranch Dorito. <laughs> All day. No, what I was going to say is they will say that it's cool because ranch. they're not going to get the, the va- I don't get vaccine. I'm not going to get the vaccine because I don't get vaccines. I've never got a flu vaccine. I've never gotten anything vaccine. And I don't take medicine other than ibuprofen because that I think that's why I have <clears throat> such an, a good immune system. <clears throat> that and the beer. But <clears throat> side point, that's why I'm not going to get the vaccine because I don't do vaccines. But to the fucking idiots that say... Uh, there's a chip in the vaccine. It's going to track me and blurge, 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 burka, dicka, dicka, dicka. As they post about the chip on a mobile device mm-hmm. that has been tracking them since they activated it, you fucking idiots. <laughs> You're not off the grid. You're not a rebel. You're not it's not a revolution. You're being tracked. If the government wants to find you, they're going to find you. Well, here's you... the thing, guys. Guess what? If, if the chip is small enough to be put into a vaccine, then it's small enough to be in your fucking hamburgers at McDonald's. Would you like a quarter pounder with tracking? Yeah. <laughs> tracked. You're tracked. Sorry about your damn luck. I don't even care. Like, I don't do anything. <laughs> I go to work, and then I come home and record these fucking podcasts. Like, <laughs> if the government wants to know, I'll just tell them. <laughs> like, I drink beer, and I talk, and I go to work. <laughs> That's what I do. If the government wants to spy on me, all you're going to see me is me in my fucking underwear eating pizza. Good <laughs> on That's what you want? Okay. And then <laughs> Trump's like, I'm out. <laughs> Could you imagine how um, unsatisfied the government people would be following me around? Because you go to work and talk about wrestling? Yeah, and then I poop. (laughs) Yeah, it's also stupid. (sighs) Like, seriously, Nate. You're the government now. Okay, Nate. Nate, you're the government. All right? Good. 
Because I'm going to fix that fucking pothole about two blocks from my house. You're, that I you're, you're, you're the guy right now, Nate. Guess what? You got to watch what I do now. <laughs> yeah. But you're gonna have you're gonna have bigger problems than me because you've just seen what I do, and I don't care. And you're gonna see it, and you're gonna be like, Jesus Christ, this guy's fucked up. Here's the thing, guys. The reason why we we, we just ate a pizza off the floor. <laughs> he off. He just fucking <laughs> shrugged at it and was like, well. The way the cookie crumbles sometimes. This, this guy just ate a pizza off the floor, and we're just going to have to live with it. <laughs> but in all seriousness, guys, the reason why we bring this up every week is because we love each and every well. Uh, me and Nate love each and every one of you, Aaron. <laughs> Don't speak for me. Really? You're going to sit here and tell me that you love everybody? Yes, I love everybody. Like Roddy to our show. Like Roddy Piper. I'm gonna get some water because your fucking pants are on fire. Only the government knows about that. Well, all we're saying is, I love everybody that listens to our show. Whether you listen to the We Can't Wrestle podcast or the Twenty Three Hundred Pod. All of you, I love all of you. And if you don't... He especially loves you if you buy a t-shirt. Shut the fuck up, Kyle. I'm trying to talk to the people. I'm trying They're fantastic. I'm... I'll shut up. Go ahead. Speak your mind. I'm just saying, buy his t-shirt. Buy the shirt. Oh, man. I was just about to be like, Aaron, do it. Buy two of them. And you didn't do it with the enthusiasm you usually do it with. If you buy two shirts, you get the price first two, shirt for No, no, shut the fuck up, Nate. <laughs> shut the fuck up, Nate. I was trying to sell it, buddy. If you buy two shirts for the same price as two shirts, you get two shirts. I mean, that's a deal, guys. You get two shirts. It can say Aaron's list was best. You can be part of Kyle's sleeveless army. Or the soon to come Archie shirt figure hunter that's coming. I actually had an idea for it. It's going to have Crikey on it. I don't want Archie to come at all. The man. <laughs> I'm ending this. Okay. Talk about a sticky situation. That's it for this week's edition of the We Can't Wrestle <laughs> podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. And as always, buy the shirt. Well, actually, this week, everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Whether you're just whether you're just at home with your your family your your proper family in the house or you're you're celebrating with your kin, whatever you're doing for Thanksgiving here more than any other year, in all honesty, have a very happy Thanksgiving. 
We'll see you after the holiday with more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time, folks. Let's talk about the gobbledygooker next week. 